0: I'm going to share right now an opportunity of some things that we needed to understand out of the messages that I've been preaching. Okay? So we're going to uh, do that. We're setting this up kind of like a classroom environment where, you know, we might ask you some, you know, you might ask us some questions or whatever. But I just want to make sure you understand because it's vital you understand that. So that's the first thing we're going to do. Second thing we're going to do, then we're going to have Pastor Anthony come up. And what he's going to do is he's going to share um, kind of the content and the meaning of creativity out of barrenness. Some of you all weren't here back, especially if you were our college students or you were away during um, the season break. But he preached a phenomenal message, but that message was very intentional. And so he's going to come up and he's going to reflect us through that. And we're going to go over some things that's directly related to creativity. Say creativity. Third thing we're going to do is then um, he's going to kind of prompt us to recognize that in order for creativity to come about, we've got to have the right heart to have it. Amen? I mean, understand some, you know, God may want to do something in your life that's creative, which would be new, but I mean, understand it could be on delay if we're not willing to receive it, right? Right? So therefore, we're going to talk about that and how wonderful it is to have, you know, a bunch of just artistic, wonderful, creative people, especially sitting over in that section over there. Amen? And so I think that's wonderful. That's the third thing we're going to do. The fourth thing we're going to do is then I'm going to come back, and then I'm going to share with you why we want to be prepared for what's about to happen at BCC in order for us to gain some time to grow into what's going to happen, okay? I'm not going to necessarily unbag it, so to speak, but I want to share with you where you should be focused, when is this going to take place, and why you want to be ready for it. That's the fourth thing we're going to do. Then the fifth thing we're going to do is that we're going to look at focus. Everybody say focus. How many understand that in your personal life, as well as us as a ministry, if we recognize Sometimes we get frustrated or disappointed because things don't get accomplished or we don't get the results we wanted in life or whatever. But let me share something with you. Do you realize that sometimes that happens not because it was a wrong idea, but because we were not focused? Some of y'all want me to do a benediction right now because we could just go home after that. Amen. Amen. Here's the point. I'm going to share with you out of the scriptures, one of our members, again, shared some scriptures with me, and I looked at it and saw the revelation of God that I have never seen it before, you know, not like this. I've seen vision. I've seen all other kind of things in the scriptures, but these scriptures help me to understand what does it take to have focus? How many of you wouldn't mind that? We're going to end on that. Those are the five things we're going to accomplish very swiftly today. Is that okay? Amen. I pray for those that are practical, A type personalities, and especially want to know what we're doing today. The theme is understanding. It's not your normal, you know, hoopla type of shouting and type of message, or, you know, like we've got something, and it's not because we're trying to make up something. Here's where this comes from, and this will introduce this first section I'm working on right now. I realized when I preached that last message, I've preached three times see your future, see your and our future, right? But this is what I did no harm to those in whom I did it, please forgive me. But what I did is, how me understand that good teaching is not necessarily based on if, um, like how well it's presented, or like for instance, I shouldn't say it that way. Good teaching is not measured by if a student gets a good grade or not. <laughs> I just knew I was in the right environment, amen. Amen. How do you know I was? I knew I was gonna catch a few amens on that, one. Amen. I could have said Jesus is Lord. It would have been tweet, 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 chirp, chirp, right? Not every grade you get is what you really deserve. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hey mama. <laughs> hey. So, but here is my point. I did some testing with our students, meaning our members, and I said, you know what? What did you learn? Like, what what was the message about? Can you just share with me what the message was about? And and here's what one of the members said. This is how you always know. That's not on you all. That was on me. I just didn't do a good job. That's what it really means, right? Here's what it is. They say, man, Pastor, that... Man, that was deep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? How many you know what that really translates to? I didn't understand a thing you said, Pastor. I... <laughs> Yeah, you was preaching hard. And I'm being, I'm kind of being funny about it, but I'm being kind of vulnerable about it. You know what you all took away from that last message? Pastor preached hard. You don't know what, it, you don't have no idea what I said. What we're going to do today, we're going to get some understanding. Am I being, am I speaking with clarity, Brother Joshua, Sister Erin? I mean, am I, no, a little bit? Okay, good. So put that screen up now, if you will. <laughs> So what I want you to do is hear this. I've already done a good job of explaining why I'm doing it, what we're doing. My section on this portion is almost done. Pastor Anthony's almost up. Listen. I need you to understand out of Daniel chapter 10, I I need you to not just dismiss this. Okay? Because this is not going to go away. And the reason I'm saying I don't need you to dismiss it is because I don't need you to take away that series or that message or why we're preaching out of Daniel 10 and for you to go like this. Well, I don't know. That was an Old Testament. I really didn't understand it anyway. So I'll just wait till some I get to something I can understand. Okay? I know your heart and your spirit is much larger than that. Somebody say amen. So I need you to really grasp what it is you were supposed to take away because I don't want you to miss the relevance of Daniel 10 to your life. And everybody said what? So we're not going to go through the text. I'm just I'm not going to reteach it. I'm going to talk about what you were supposed to take away. Okay? <sighs> not this first part. Here are the, f- like, I think it's four to five things you're supposed to take away. The first one is D. Out of Daniel 10, I need you to really understand this D part. That Daniel had a vision. And the vision that Daniel had, say vision. Vision has everything to do with what? Vision has everything to do with what? Seeing. So Daniel had a vision, and the vision he had was of, read the underlined part, the mysterious man. Read that part. The mysterious man, a glorious man. Okay? That's the first thing I need you to understand is that Daniel had a vision. And a vision he had was of this what mysterious man, a what glorious man. Daniel had a vision and he had a vision of a what? Uh, And a. The man is unnamed. He's given characteristics, but we don't necessarily know. That's why he's mysterious. He's in the Old Testament. He's in this prophet, but we don't necessarily we cannot definitively know who he was. One of our members said it this way. I was with you, pastor, when I thought that we were proving that this person was Jesus. But then when you went and said, well, it can't be Jesus, that just messed me all up. Okay? It's, guess what, you all? It's okay not to know answers. I don't, some of y'all, I know, don't believe that, right? It's okay for some things to be mysterious. Let me share this with you. If you got to know everything... You cannot live by faith. Man, that was good. The next thing you need to see oh oh, D. Oh, here it is. It should have been underlined. The next thing you need to take away is this: Daniel saw the vision. The first point was he saw the mysterious, glorious man. This next point I need you to get is that Daniel saw he what saw saw is the past tense of what? Saw is the past tense of what? So he saw a vision. He saw a vision. This is very important. First point, he saw a mysterious, glorious man. second point is that he saw a vision. How does this relate to you? Well, the reason we're preaching these messages about seeing is because God can cause your life to go a whole different direction if you could get a vision. But God could be giving you a vision, but you've got to see it and know that it's a vision from? Because many of us struggle with knowing, was that God or was that me?
1: It's a good word.
0: He saw a vision. Here's the next point I want you to see. Oh, I'm sorry, that's a really big point. Here's the next part. Daniel's response from seeing. We're on the third point. Daniel's what? From. So it's not just seeing the vision. I'm going to let you, this is it. Everybody say faith. Part of seeing is that you don't know if it's from God unless you start responding to it. Got quiet right there. Some of the, I, uh, uh, Elder John, Elder, Johnson. Elder Thompson paints this picture really well. I use it a lot in Godly Council and stuff like that, but he painted this picture. And it actually, there's a real life one, too, that he did to Sister Heather. She didn't like it too much, but um, Sister Dr. Heather. But, but he gives this picture. He, I think it was him who does this. He says, if God tells you to come to the tree, well, many of us want to know, well, why you want me to come to the tree? I don't like trees. That sap might get on my clothes. You, do you see what I'm saying? But the point he's making is if you come to the tree, then you might have a clearer vision of what he's really trying to show you. Is everybody with me? So therefore, faith is a walk, not a jump. Faith is a what? Not a Amen. So therefore, the example Sister Dr. Heather uses is this. She says that once when she was learning how to swim, Elder Thompson was in the pool with her, right? And she was supposed to swim to him. She said, he says, come on, baby, come on. You know, so she's swimming, but he kept backing up on her, right? Now, some of us want to get mad and frustrated, right? Right? But what did she learn how to do? The goal was to learn how to, God wants you to learn how to live by faith, Not know by faith. So here it is. Yeah, y'all laughing over there. I don't forget all y'all say. You better stop telling me stuff. (laughs) I'll bring it in a message. Here's the next point. So Daniel's what? Response from seeing. Daniel's what? From? You've got to respond to what you see. To me, I know y'all not saying amen because today is an understanding day, but I'm telling you, we're sitting down one-on-one with you in godly counsel. If you made an appointment with us, we would go through this thing right here, and we would see in your personal life, Sister Romina, it would be a matter on if you're going to get the job after graduation or not, Is based on what is God showing you. Now, see how I just made that personal? You've got to do that with what I just shared. What's going on in your life right now? What is God showing you? This is not going over your head. This is right on shelf level. Reach into the cookie jar. Pull them out. Say, this is for me. Okay. Daniel's response to seeing this is the last point. This is the big point to me. You've got to see the ministering of this mysterious man. The ministering of this mysterious man. I'll give you an example. The ministering of this mysterious man was this. Hold on. Let me show it to you. He touched me. He lifted me. I was trembling on my hands and knees. And then he said to me. You are. That's right. You are precious. He says, God, you are greatly loved by God. You are precious to God. And then Daniel says, I listened to him and I I looked and I listened. You've got to apply this. Who also looked and listened in the Bible? Moses, for instance, right? The Bible says that Moses was on the hill with the sheep. He saw he what? He saw he what? He come on, Bible students. He saw say he saw. He saw a burning bush, and when he decided to turn to it, he went to it, and then out of the bush, God spoke to him. He looked, then he listened. Having a relationship with God deals with looking and listening, not just asking and waiting. Somebody said amen. Brother Pastor Anthony, you can come up now. These are the main points. I can't go into the rest of it. I would ask that you maybe like listen to it by podcast. Some people got really thrown off at the end when I start talking about boats. Um, so I don't know if you remember that part or not. Maybe I can finish today about that or not. But what I want you to do now is open up to creativity out of barrenness. Creativity out of what?
2: I know uh, <clears throat> some of you may, some of my clock watch- watchers, may be a little nervous already knowing that I'm coming up behind Pastor Ran. <laughs> So, Pastor Rand and, and uh, Anthony together. I don't yes, know if we're going to get out of here on, at the same time. So, um, <clears throat> I'll try to stay within the time limit. So, I got my phone here. Put my time on here. And uh, try a little discipline here, okay? And I'm going to try my best to be in that teaching mode where uh, you can gain understanding. And uh, if I get into preaching mode... Uh, I ask for forgiveness early, okay? Um, could you go to that, that PowerPoint slide there? And uh, just, a, just a quick review. At the beginning of the year, uh, God placed on my heart um, through conversations with Pastor Rand as we began uh, this new year, um, this, this message about uh, creativity coming out of barrenness. Creativity is coming out of barrenness. And the, the, the scripture verse that that we used, that we talked about, was Isaiah 43, uh, verse 18 through 19, a New King James Version, and it reads, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I would do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? The New Living Translation says, See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? And we go again. Another reference to vision, and you're looking and seeing it. Questionnaire, see, I have already begun. Do you not see it? Then God tells Isaiah, I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Somebody say, oh. Go ahead, next slide. <clears throat> okay, so... Um, Creativity is coming out of barrenness. One of the things since this message, I began to notice, I began to recognize certain things. So usually when we go throughout the community, we go through different places, we usually notice like a new building, right, or something new, a new store is open, or we begin to recognize those things. But since this message, uh, since the beginning of the year, I begin to notice and recognize like I'm not a a, a businessman, but I begin to notice open fields. I began to notice open spaces. So even just the other day I was riding, I went to Discount Tires, exchange, got, got a, a new tire or a used tire, and I was coming back and as I crossed the bridge going over East Lincoln Way, heading back toward, um, back toward campus, and I noticed off to the left, there was an open field, and I was like, huh. That's odd. I wonder if someone is looking at that field and like planning about, you know, is that going to be a new area? I noticed even over in, I remember when I came back in 2005 uh, back to Ames and I remember when I was an undergrad here in 92 to 98, I remember Somerset was just a field.
0: Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm.
2: And so when I came back, I'm like, what in the world is this? Somerset. So, so what I began to, to make the connection is that Based upon this message that God put on my heart is that things can be barren or empty at one point, and all of a sudden, through creativity, somebody recognizing the possibility of something that's empty or void, someone can bring some creativity to that space and bring out something new. Amen. So, the scripture text that God put on my heart. So, let me give you a quick uh, description of creativity. Could we go to the next slide. So, real quick definition. Creativity is the act of turning new and imaginative ideas into reality. Creativity is characterized by the ability to perceive the world in new ways to find hidden patterns to make connections between seemingly unrelated phenomena and to generate solutions. And so two things I recognize from creativity, that creativity involves two processes. One is thinking, then producing. Some of my architectures in here and some of my uh, design majors like, amen, yes. Barrenness is the state of being unable to produce. Barren, not producing or incapable of producing. Unproductive, unfruitful. It's something that should be producing, but it's not. It's sterile. No longer producing anything. And so when you put that those two words together, when you say creativity is coming out of barrenness, it seems like those are two words that doesn't make sense, right? But I want you to know we serve a God that can do the impossible. The Bible says in Luke 1.37 that there is nothing impossible with God. And so... As we begin to think about what God is going to do to, uh, do through us and what we're going to see him do through the BCC, seeing our future, seeing your future, God began to bring to me this text that I want to walk you through quickly. It comes from Luke chapter 5, 1 through 11, because we are talking about being practical. And to me, when God revealed this particular text to me, I don't think you can get any more practical in the lives of the disciples than going right up to their boat, Going right up to where they are, where they work every day, and seeing Jesus show up. Amen. So I want to point out a little, a little uh, some things to you in this text. So it reads One day, as Jesus were preaching, was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. So already, out of Jesus and broke what we were trying to do, and you notice in verse one, Jesus was preaching. <laughs> Amen. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. So Jesus giving us an example, just like what Pastor Teran just said, is that we have to begin to look and see. Jesus is on the earth. God in the flesh gives us, a, us, us an example of how we should live out our lives. Look at what he does. He noticed he looked and he saw he noticed what two empty boats. So he noticed two boats at the water's edge, two empty boats, very important. For the fishermen had left them and were washing their necks. So he noticed two boats. And then in verse three, stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. So first of all, you have Jesus, which I like to refer to as the creator, creativity in the flesh. See something that was empty, something that was barren. And then the next verse in verse three says that Jesus, being the creator of creativity, stepped into something that was barren. So first of all, let me say in order for creativity to come out, creativity must be invited and creativity must step in to the barren situation. Verse four. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Right here, what I want to bring to your attention is that what I learned here about, uh, about the fishermen, and I'm not a fisher at all. My uncle used to joke with me the times I would take time to go fishing with them. He said that I would. I'm the one that feeds the fish. And, and they come by my, my hook, and then he casts his line over there and catches the fish. So he'd like to, carry me, to bring me with them because I, I bring the food for the fish. So I don't know anything about being a fisherman, but one of the things I, I, I do know, learning from the text, learning from how the fishermen fished around the Sea of Galilee, is that in order to catch fish, you, the best time to catch fish was at night in the shallow area of the water so when Jesus came along and he said now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish he was going against everything that Simon had known up to this point about fishing so I want you to notice that here one of the things I learned as we've been learning through about vision and seeing ourselves and seeing our future and Christ showing us our future, is that through creativity and creativity coming out of barrenness, I noticed that in order to be creative, in order to be creative, one of the things I've noticed is that there's always hindrances or barriers to our creativity. And one of the things just learning from this text that Simon can, can teach us today is that there are things that, there are barriers that keep us from being creative. One, conformity. We just want everything to be the same. We don't want outliers. We want to just stay in the flow. Don't want to draw an attention. And so a barrier to being create creative is conforming. A second barrier that I want to bring to our attention as we go forward, seeing our future, is the fact that when we think about being complacent. Let me read the definition of complacent to you. Complacent is pleased, especially with oneself or one's merits, advantages, situation, often without awareness of some potential danger or defect. The potential danger or the effect of the matter of being complacent is the fact that we can be so satisfied with where we are in life, with our accolades and our degrees and our measure of success, that God can come along and breathe on us some new idea or some new way of doing things. And because we are so complacent, we hesitate in responding to what God is asking us to do. The third thing is contentment. And we, I have to be careful with being content because we know that Paul said that one thing that he's learned in whatever state he's in is to be content but I want to tell you that there's a thin line between being content and complacent there's a very thin line we can be complacent at one moment and then we can be content but sometimes we can kind of straddle the fence between both And that's where the problem is, and it's funny that that definition of contentment or content is very much the same as being, like, satisfied with oneself or being satisfied where you are. And so there is a danger when you think about being content. You have to be careful in in that area in your life. So right here we can find Simon as a fisherman at this point. He can be conforming to what all the other fishermen are doing around him, right? Fishing in the shallow areas, fishing at night. He can be in this very state as a fisherman, being content, being complacent, because the verse says that. Go to the next verse. Look at Simon's response. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. My goodness! I had this on. That's my time. (laughs) Can I borrow three minutes? Three minutes? Four minutes? Three minutes? Okay. I heard somebody say four Baptist minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Master Simon replied, "We worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing." As Peter was saying. That in his thinking, in the way that he's always done it, we worked all night. And now all of a sudden you're going to tell us to go out a little farther and catch some fish? So right here, Peter or Simon had to go through a stage of going against everything that he believed in. So, you know, we've learned the phrase sin is believing. But I got this phrase from Stephen, Stephen Covey. Uh, He wrote this book, uh, Seven Habits of um, Highly Effective People. And he made this phrase called seeing and being. Seeing is being or being is seeing. So oftentimes we see things based upon who we are. That's why I believe it was last week that Pastor Rand kind of threw in that picture. You know how you you see an image, the picture of the old lady and, and the young woman. And some people can look at that picture and only see the young woman. And some people can look at that picture and only see the old man. Old woman, man, that's a, yeah, the old woman. And you can have an argument based upon one picture because of where you are or who you are. And so right here at this point, the phrase that you've heard people use is a paradigm shift, a paradigm shift. Let me give you a quick definition of paradigm shift. Stephen Covey says this, each of us tends to think we see things as they are, that we are objective. But this is not the case. We see the world not as it is, but as we are, or as we are continued to see it. When we open our mouths to describe what we see, we in effect describe ourselves, our perceptions, our paradigms. The scientist Thomas Kuhn, the one who came up with this phrase paradigm shift, he stated that almost every significant breakthrough in the field of scientific endeavor is first a break with tradition, with old ways of thinking, with old paradigms. So Simon's response to Jesus was this, but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. I love what the New King James Version says, but at your word, I'll let down the net again. See, we know that Paul says that we walk by faith, and not by sight but don't forget over in Romans he also says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God so when Simon said at your word Lord if you say so I'll go into a new way of thinking i go against all of my traditions, my old way of doing things, and I'm going to try something new. And look at the response, the results. The scripture says, and this time their nest was so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. So at the beginning, you have two empty boats. You have Jesus teaching outside of the boat. You have Jesus entering into, stepping into the boat. All the Simons, call Simon the owner of one boat, tells him, to change his thinking. I know you toiled all night. I know you've worked this before. I know you're tired, but I want you to try something new. As the text said, the result, because Simon's response, at your word, I know what I know in my mind. I can look in my boat and see there's nothing in it. I've worked hard at this. I've done this before. I'm rolling up my net. But at your word, I'll try it. And the verse says that both boats were filled. Now, I want you to know that was great. But I want you to see the amazing part of the whole text. In verse 8, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, New King James says he recognized what happened. Sometimes God can do things in our lives and we don't even recognize it. We'll give ourselves the credit. We'll give some technique the credit. We, we, we'll, we'll give something somebody, you know, told us about or some type of way. It just came out of the blue. But Peter recognized, realized, he saw. What had happened? And his response was that he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. MLT sounds like a winning service. Sound like something that you want to invite someone else to join you. As we noticed Simon Peter, as he shouted out help to James and John to join him. Jesus replied to Simon, I know you see yourself as a sinner. I know that you don't even want to be around me. But that's all right. I just introduced to you, I just told you a vision for your future. Verse 11, he says, Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what you saw. Don't be afraid of what I'm telling you that's the things that's going to happen in your future. Don't be afraid. But from now on, you'll be fishing for people. Same method, same strategy, same intensity, but a new way of doing it. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. So when I say creativity is coming out of barrenness, I want you to know that that Jesus is calling us to be creative, and all those things. When we look around, it, it, it seems like things are unfruitful. No one is producing anything. I want you to know if that we uh, if we allow the creativity that Christ has put on the inside of us. If we trust God and not be afraid, if our hearts are open and our minds are, are ready to do something new. God will fill your every desire, your every need. Amen. Amen. Can I
0: have the musicians, those that sing, come up? I want everybody in the congregation to remain seated. You can bring the lights down. Let's just let that settle for a moment. Thank you so much, God. If you're here and you sense this is a good place of God right now, your heart's in a good place, could I get you to repeat after me? Say, seeing yourselves and ourselves in the future. Now say this with me. Say creativity out of barrenness. That was worth every minute, Pastor. Wow. An empty boat, a barren boat, turned into a full boat. An overflowing boat, because the Creator stepped into it. Somebody say, "Amen." I like to close service out and to keep with what I said. You would walk away with number four. We're going to go into two times a month. A non-traditional an innovative non-traditional creative format and style of service that's going to the debut of this type of service and this type of of way will be when you get back from spring break on the 22nd so if you originally going to come into town late that night hey maybe you might want to come in a little early we got something new for you we believe it's of god Um, We're surrounding around the vision, and uh, I want you to know that we're going to do that on the 22nd and on the 29th, and then that next Sunday, the first Sunday of April is Resurrection. Amen? So we've got these two services, and then we have Resurrection service, and I just want to invite you. These are designed for you. These are designed for BCCers and Yo! BCCers and growing in maturity and the core committee of their families and their children and we're just looking out for what would god have us to do new and i believe that it's on the crux of us being open to what god can do new somebody say amen but what i want to ask you in point number five is would you be willing when you receive something new in your life, that God's showing you a vision for your life, a vision for the thing that Christ wants to do new in your life, how will it be fulfilled is by staying focused. Everybody say, Focus. I'm going to stay right in Proverbs 4. And I'm going to start at the verse that many of us know. After I get through reading, you may, s- I want you to sit there as they sing this rest of this song to us. It says in verse number 23, Proverbs 4, starting at verse 23, everybody say focus. Here's how you can see scripturally what it looks like to stay focused. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the what? Course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the what? Course. The what? The course of your life. Notice what it says. To stay on course. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Notice what it says in the next verse. Look. What do what? Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out as a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Somebody say focus. Father, I ask that as they sing to us, I pray that our hearts are open, to our, that the eyes of our heart are open to see you, Jesus, to see ourselves, to see something in people to see butterflies. And even if I need to start seeing my life like a butterfly. Oh, I might be in a crawling state. I might be in a cat in a castle state, but chrysalis state. But God, I'm going to fly. I'm in the state of becoming for my life is drawing brighter and brighter as the day goes on. God, I pray that we can see the vision. Saint. We sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, the Lamb is overcome. We sing. We sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, hallelujah, the Lamb is overcome. Would you now stand to your feet? Would you now stand to your feet? In the board of directors and with the ministry leadership team, I've been sharing this one thing that I would like to invite you to be a part of. I believe God is calling us to be people of prayer. I believe God is calling us to be a people of prayer. A people of what? And I want to contrast that to being a person who prays. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said this in, our st- in this, and I think it's powerful. I don't even want to be a person that, prayers pray- that prays prayers. Let me understand that I'm not trying to recite a prayer. I'm trying to connect to the creator of the universe. I'm trying to commune with the one who made me. I'm wanting to have an intimate relationship, spirit to spirit connection. I want to be a person of prayer. I want to be immersed in communion with God. Can we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for us coming to this place in this year of the 2015 year of our Lord Jesus Christ AD and I thank you dear God that Lord you give us seasons and times because to everything there is a season and a time for every purpose that's under the sun and father we pray right now for those that are sitting in this that are standing in this presence that you Jesus are here to do a new thing in our lives father we thank you for so many things you've already given us and the things you've already done for us jesus we thank
1: you for what you've already accomplished for us there if you god cannot be reflected or remembered for anything else we thank you for the cross and all of what it accomplished we thank you for it being the converting state we thank you jesus that when we could not you did we thank you that you saw we needed an example so you stopped time and came in the middle of it and separated it from bc and then went on with it and called it ad we thank you jesus that because you became flesh we have a perfect example you are the son of man and yet you're 100 son of god You're man with us in emmanuel yet you were went back to heaven and took the right hand of the father the place of power and now you're seated at the right hand of the father forever making mediation and intercession for those that call upon you out of a humble place and a heart God for your word says that you give more grace to the humble Lord we don't need to be humiliated in order to receive your grace I humble myself because your word says clothe yourselves in humility and we do so this morning God recognize that it's not our weakness but it's because of your meekness the fruit of the spirit that you're bearing and you create things out of our barrenness God we've thank you that there might be good things in our lives, but there might be some emptiness in our lives. So in those empty places, in those barren places, in those forsaken places, we're ready for you, God, to forget the old things and begin new things, God. I open up my heart right now. I open up my eyes to see new, God. I know it's my tradition or my people or my peeps that might be holding me back. I might need to let go of Wilson in order to get out of this island i might need to let go some friends to get on with some new christian friends lord i might need to let go some bad habits in order to pick up some new habits i ask jesus let me see you god let me see you as this man that will be willing to touch me lift me say to me you are loved by god you are precious to me child of god i know you by name right where you are you're about to become great father when i fall
0: asleep on my prayers may i now begin to pray in the middle of the day father instead of me reacting to my children by yelling god may i recognize you don't yell at me (laughs) would you finish the prayer brother anthony after he's done you are dismissed
2: We magnify you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Lord, we thank you in advance, Lord, for what you're about to do and what you're doing in our lives already, Lord. Lord, my prayer, Lord, for your people today, Lord, that... You will help us, Lord, as your word says that we will fix our eyes on you, the author and finisher of our faith. My prayer, Lord God, is that you will move by your spirit, Lord, not just in this place, not just between this hour, Lord God, but when we leave this building, Lord, when we go through the doors, Lord God, when we exit out of this building, Lord God, and we head through our work week, Lord God. Help us to be the example of who you are, Lord. Lord, I pray right now that you will remove fear and doubt right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that you will give us courage, Lord God, to be different, to be unique, to be misfits, to follow your ways, to love unconditionally. Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that your light will shine bright through us, Lord God. Lord God, that when people see us coming, Lord God, that when the darkness see us coming, Lord, the darkness will will flee, not because of who we are, but because of the spirit living on the inside of us, Lord. Lord God, I speak right now boldness, Lord God, for your words say, Lord God, the righteous is bold as as lions Lord God help us Lord God to be bold as lions Lord help us Lord God to be people that will pray right now Lord God Lord God help us Lord God pour your love into our hearts as your words say Lord by your Holy Spirit that people may be drawn to us Lord God not by what we know, but by your love, Lord God. But by the love that, you, that we show toward others, Lord. Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that our speech and our tongue, Lord God, will be pure. I pray, Lord God, that you will put a shield over our minds, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, upon us, the helmet of your salvation, Lord. The helmet of, our, of your salvation, Lord God. That we're saved by grace through faith. And it's not of works. It's not of works. It's not of works. In the name of Jesus, it's not of works. It is a gift from you, Lord. Lord God, I pray that you will put that helmet tight upon our heads, Lord God. And Lord God, that as people begin to talk or we hear or overhear conversations, Lord God, and negative comments, Lord God, I ask that you would shield our mind, Lord God, so that we would not be attached to negative thinking, Lord. Lord, I pray right now, Lord God, as Pastor prayed already that, Lord, that you will put upon us the breastplate of righteousness, Lord God, that it may guard our hearts right guard our hearts Lord God with the breastplate of righteousness Lord God that we know that it's not according to our righteousness Lord God because your words say that our righteousness is as filthy rags Lord God but your righteousness Lord God I pray Lord God that your blood would drip heavy around our breast Lord God around our chest Lord God and that would be the protection Lord God from the enemy guard our hearts Lord in the name of Jesus Lord Gird our loins Lord God with the belt of truth Lord God that everything that holds us up Lord God will be the truth of your word, Lord God, that we will believe the truth and not a lie, Lord God, that we will be a people, Lord God, that will speak truth, Lord God, and that we will not believe a lie, Lord God. Cover our feast, Lord God, with the gospel, the preparation of the gospel of peace in the name of Jesus. Not the gospel of our favorite speaker, not the gospel of our favorite rapper, not the gospel of our favorite philosopher, Lord God, but the gospel of peace, which is Jesus Christ. And Lord, show us, Lord God, how to hold up the shield of faith, Lord God. Teach us, Lord God, how to hold it in the right position, Lord God. Show us how to stoop down, Lord God, in the right position, Lord God. That we may hold behind ourselves behind the shield of faith, Lord God. That it may quench every fiery dart thrown by the enemy, Lord God. Lord God, teach us, Lord God, how to take the sword of the spirit, which is your word, Lord God. And teach us and show us, Lord God, how to use it correctly, Lord God not manipulating or deceiving others Lord God but rightly dividing the word of truth Lord God and finally in the name of Jesus Lord God I pray that you will help us to stand Lord God no matter what Lord God give us the strength to stand Lord God and pray not only for ourselves Lord God but for other saints Lord God knowing Lord God the same things that we go through Lord God our brothers and sisters are going through them as well hold us up Lord God Lord God, I pray, Lord God, and come against all doubt right now in the name of Jesus. Lord God, though a thousand may fall, Lord God, ten thousand at our right hand, Lord God, at our thigh, Lord God, I pray that none near us, Lord God. And that we will continue, Lord God, to walk by faith and not by sight. Lord God, that we will encourage ourselves in you, Lord God. Though no one may pick up the phone or respond to a text, Lord God, but that we will turn to the text of your word, Lord God, and that we will open up our hearts and our hands, Lord God, to the voice and receive your Holy Spirit, Lord. Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus that your joy will be our strength. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Let everyone say amen. Amen.